0: Hey there, this is Bo James, and on behalf of the Wix Church of the Nazarene, I just want to say thank you for joining us. I believe there is something for you in this message, and I pray that it will help you grow your faith. Enjoy. All right, good morning, church family. Good morning to all the pretty faces in front of me. Dorothy, you've got somebody with you? This... Sarah, see, i got to look real close and see the eyes, don't I? Um, how is everyone this morning? Because if you don't know, the Razorbacks won last night. We broke that streak. Woo, big suey, yeah. I almost wore a, a, a Razorback shirt just for that today. But anyway, turn with me today to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. You know, it's been stuck in my head that the sentence I gave you last week, what if the life you are chasing is not your best life? I just couldn't shake that this week. It just kept resonating through my head because I got to thinking, what if it's not just for the individual? You know, I preached it last week as an individual message. What if that's also the message for the church? What if the life of the church That we're chasing isn't the best life that God has for us John chapter 14 verse 15 this is Jesus the red letters so if you love me obey my commandments and I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you he is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him, but you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Lord, this is your word, alive and active with your spirit this morning. May it change who we are because of who you are. In Jesus' name. So, that sentence, what if the life you're chasing is not your best life, just, it just stuck with me. You know, as the church, I think sometimes we've been so focused on what this pandemic has taken from us and changed that we are still forgetting to look at what it gives us. And you're like, BJ, it ain't gave me nothing <laughs> but a lot of headaches and masks. No, 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 because we're focused on what it's taking from us. You know, last week we enjoyed our tailgate gathering out under the tree. And I'm just telling you, yes, it was sort of a rainy day, but man, that tree provided the perfect shelter for us. And it just was perfect. Well, I dare to say that had it not been for this pandemic, we probably wouldn't have sat under that tree last week. Because we would have just did the same thing we always do. We would have had fellowship in the fellowship hall. And not that that's a bad thing. Remember, you may be chasing a good life but it may not be the best life. So, you know, we, we would have done the same thing if we had not had this pandemic forced us to do something different. And when David comes in two weeks, it's not exactly how we were planning our gathering when he came. We've had to adjust things and change things and you know we we were hoping for a big celebration 110 year celebration and invite all the old pastors back and you know we were that was where we were headed early in the year and you know i'm excited though to see what god is going to do on this revival sunday i'm excited because 110 years, what a rich history. You'll notice on your t-shirt, some of you I see wore them this week. I I slipped in the years underneath the tree, 1910 to 2020, because we know we're going to want to remember 2020, right? But 110 years, well, I'm excited to see what God has in store for us now to become the new chapter of history for this church. And I want you to join me in these next couple of weeks praying over this service that we're going to have. Praying that some of our, our people that are at home still can find a way to come and feel safe and, and be with us. Or you can invite someone from the community to come and hear a message. That's why I want to try to get it outside so that maybe it will increase that opportunity. And I'm not sure how that message hit you last week. But I began to think how overwhelmed we can become when God begins to change our life. You know, it's one thing to hear that message of, hey, God has a better life. And we go, okay, I'll follow you, God. And then all of a sudden we become overwhelmed with all those changes. And it doesn't take very long to feel alone. When God is working in our life. Because when change happens, when God changes things, not everyone in your life is gonna understand it. Not everyone is gonna understand why you laid down these habits and don't do them anymore. Not everyone's gonna understand why you had a pretty good plan. Why are you going this way now? So, in our scripture today, what I want you to catch on to is. You are not alone. We have an advocate. But now notice in verse 15 and 16, it says, this is like a covenant. Because Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. So that's our part. Because see, a covenant has two parts. What God is going to do and what we are expected to do. And so our part is, if we love him, we'll obey him. And he says, I'm going to make sure God sends an advocate for you. Now, the Greek word, paraclete, the definition is one called alongside to help. Isn't that a great promise that Jesus gives us? Other names of the Holy Spirit that we hear quite often, um, my Bible says advocate. Some of yours, it may say helper. Man, isn't that nice to know that you're not alone, that you have a helper in life? Some may call him the comforter. Oh, in times of grief, like we've seen this week, that's the only prayer I know to pray. God be the comforter in their life. He's the advocate. Now, what is an advocate? That means it's somebody that is speaking for you on your behalf, fighting for you. If you're an advocate for a child, that means you're speaking up when they can't. The Holy Spirit is your advocate, intercessor. That means he's, he's going between. That's why I always say we can't mess up prayer. Because whatever we pray, the Holy Spirit says, okay, God, this is really what, what's going on. This is really what they need. This is what we need to do. He's the counselor. You ever had questions and asked God for wisdom? He'll counsel you. He'll give that to you. He's the strengthener. I don't know about you guys, but I've had days where if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit, I probably wouldn't even get out of bed on those days. And I don't just mean a physical thing. It's a mental, spiritual, emotional thing. And I love the promise that he gives us. And he says he will never leave you. He will never leave leave you guys this is one of the most important things for you to hear out of the scripture today I think he was giving this to the disciples because he's getting ready to leave right Jesus is getting ready he's going to be crucified he's going to be resurrected and then he's going back to the father well I don't know about you but that might give me abandonment issues because number one he didn't really do what I thought he was going to do It's really great what Jesus did. Man, that just wasn't what I thought he was going to do. And now he's left us. What are we supposed to do with that? And he's saying, I'm sending somebody that's never leaving you. And we have abandonment issues. This is not just something for the disciples. Because we all have moments and situations in our life where somebody has left us. Somebody has let us down. Somebody didn't do what they said they were going to do. So this is your promise, church, that this helper, this advocate will never leave you. And and I think this is so important to, to you have to really cling to this. You have to understand that you are not alone. It's sort of that building block of the whole thing, you know. What does it mean for the Holy Spirit to never leave you? It means when you wake up early in the morning and you really can't just get the pistons firing and get going, he's there. It means when you're in the middle of the day and you didn't even make it to lunch and everything fell apart and you're in the middle of a meltdown, he's there. When it's the end of the day and you're like I can't hit the bed fast enough cuz I just need to put this bed this day to bed and I just need it to be he's there. When you wake up in the middle of the night and you can't sleep because you are so stressed and worried about things and you can't get your mind to shut down, he's there. That's what it means for the Holy Spirit to never leave you. It's not just sometimes. It's 24-7, 365. He doesn't take a day off. You know, one thing that really excited me about this message today was because, you know, we talk about Jesus. That's the focus, Jesus, and he saves our souls. Sometimes we forget to talk about the Holy Spirit. And you notice I keep saying he, he's a person, not a thing, not an it. I think it's also very important. I love to talk about the Holy Spirit in October because everybody's all jazzed up about Halloween, right? Well, those are the wrong spirits you need to be dabbling with just for one. Don't open those doors. You need the Holy Spirit. You want to believe in a ghost? Forget Casper. You need the Holy Ghost. Because he never leaves you. And then he goes on and he says that the world won't know him. They're not even looking for him. You know, Christians, sometimes I think we fail because we are trying to judge a world that doesn't have a clue. Are they messing up big? Yep. Because they don't know him. And they're not even looking for him. We have to show him. We have to show them what it looks like. And Jesus told his disciples, but you know him. And I'm sure they're thinking, we do? Really? He's like, yeah, because he's already here with you. But notice that word. It says he lives with you now. And later he's going to be in you. Do you see the difference of what we have that the first believers at this time didn't have? Because when we come to Jesus, the Spirit comes in us. They're still waiting at this point in the story. They haven't felt that inside part. You know, the other day, some of you that stayed for the gathering the other day, you, you heard us say, we, we have a new critter in my household I don't even know did we have a name for it Sunday I don't even remember his name is P biscuit now biscuit for short we have a flying squirrel I went through my children's whole youth without raising animals in my house like we didn't have to baby anything we have dogs but they're outside never never inside we have a flying squirrel now Thomas brought it home, he had went hunting, tree fallen, nest, he found a nest, all of them had died except this one. So we didn't even think this thing was going to make it. We, you know, have a little dropper thing that we're feeding him with. And so, you know, we were sharing that on Sunday. Well, Sunday night, um, the reality begins to set in. Who's going to watch this thing during the day? Because I'm, I'm telling you, every, you know, couple of hours, three hours, max at that point we we can stretch it now a little more but we're having to feed this thing you know we were just trying to get him hydrated sunday and so it sets into bj of going oh no because <laughs> thomas is going to go to tyson Brittany's going to go to casa Tot to work no mama ain't babysitting this flying squirrel all day and and it was slowly sinking in. I was like, okay, and so I'm figuring out if I, you know, if I feed it before I go out to work and maybe if I have to come home in the middle of the, you know, I'm trying to figure this out. That's why we didn't have animals growing up, right? That's why I quit having babies. <laughs> I don't want to keep them alive. So anyway, Sunday night I go in Brittany's room and, and I was like, okay, I know y'all need to show me how to feed this thing, you know. And she, she's, I mean, she's already Googled everything. Like she's the flying squirrel expert now. And she's like, well, mama, you know, you got to feed it. You you do one little milliliter of the formula. We got it and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then at this point she has a um, cotton ball and she's over here rubbing it. And I'm like, I ain't, it's mama and I ain't licking it. And she's like, well, mama, you got to do this because you got to stimulate it. And this is how, you know, it goes to the bathroom. And I'm, no, I mean, I was like, no, I'm not doing this. And she said, yes, mama, you have to, you have to rub in. And, and I was like, child, listen to me. I said, when I was a sub at school, I didn't even do kindergarten because I don't wipe noses and I don't wipe behinds. And I said, I ain't starting out with this little flying squirrel. And we just got real quiet, and then all of a sudden I hear Andy's voice. And he says, well, that's a pretty valid point. And I was just like, because I just got through with this whole rant and rave about I ain't wiping behinds, you know. And here I didn't know Andy was on FaceTime with Brittany sitting in the chair in the room. And I was like, oh, I just ducked my head. He thinks it's hilarious now, but I was so embarrassed. I was like, sorry, Andy, you just heard my rant and rave about this, you know. Now, I do feed this thing, but I don't do the whole mama lick it, rub it, and all this thing, and darn it, he opened his eyes, and now he's so cute. (sighs) Like, oh, (laughs) it's killing me now. Like, Thomas puts him in his pocket, and he just sleeps there, and then he crawls around at night, you know, and Brittany left at the worst time, because now he's all active and stuff, you know, we're building a cage, you know, this was supposed to be rehab and release, people, but I'm not thinking it's going to go that way, but, but I was just so embarrassed, you know, that I got caught by Andy, who I didn't know was in the room with us as I was having my mommy meltdown. You know, Jesus promised, he said, if you obey my commands, I'm going to ask the father to send. And over in Acts chapter two, we see this promise fulfilled. Acts chapter 2 on, on Pentecost Day. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place because remember Jesus told them, you're going to stay here until what I promised happens. And so there suddenly, it says, suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit. The covenant was fulfilled. When we love and obey Jesus, we have an advocate that lives inside us now, who will never leave us. Unlike Andy, you see, Andy was just hanging out with Brittany on FaceTime. And he comes and goes. Like, I don't even look half the time when I'm, you know, I tell her goodnight and I just holler goodnight, Andy, because I know he's in the room somewhere on FaceTime, right? He, he comes and goes. But the Holy Spirit, he's not just hanging around us. He's in us. Please comprehend that so that you will understand. We We struggle in this society with feeling alone. We struggle with the suicide rate. Why? Because people feel alone and separated. You are never alone. You are never trying to figure out life by yourself. The spirit is a permanent presence of God who is always with us. Can you grasp the awesomeness of this this morning? Because we believe in the Trinity, Father God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Can't understand it. They're a little bit different, but they're all the same. God is living inside of you. God is living inside of you. And that's different than any other religion in this world that I know. That he is with us. You know, I was startled when Andy spoke on that phone because I'm in the middle of a rant, not my prettiest moment. And he heard all of that. Now let it sink in. God's presence is with you every single day, 24-7. That means that you are never alone. It means that God is with you through the Holy Spirit. Eh, But it can also make you feel a little uncomfortable too. Because everything we think nobody sees, <laughs> guess who's with us? Always. That should make us feel, it makes me feel a little, you know, as a new Christian, I remember that was one of the biggest things that wigged me out, was this thought of, ooh, God, God is always around. Thomas and Bo, y'all remember what was the, the cardboard Christ um play that we did with uh clay and dustin i think were the characters and clay always had this cardboard jesus that went with him everywhere you know and dustin had to explain to him man you don't need the cardboard cut out because you have him with you see we don't see jesus but god is still with us and john you know the the thing is the holy spirit has a specific role in our life He's not just the the God police, stop that, don't do that. He's not just there trying to catch us. If you look on over still in John 14, verse 25, Jesus is telling them all of this stuff. And he says, I'm telling you these things now while I'm still with you. So he's talking to his disciples. He says, but when the father sends the advocate as my representative, That's the Holy Spirit, and he'll teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. Wow, that just took a load off me that I may have the worst memory in the world, but when I need to know it, the Holy Spirit can remind me of it. That's pretty awesome to me, and I know for anybody else like me, when our memory starts going, that's a pretty awesome promise right there. So the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is continuing the ministry of Jesus in your life. He's reminding us what Jesus has already taught us. That's what he told the disciples. That's one of his duties. He's going to remind you of everything. Because remember, as Jesus is teaching the disciples, they haven't quite comprehended exactly who and what he is. They have moments of, oh, really? But I don't think they could have fully grasped the full concept of a crucified and risen savior until after the fact. Have you ever done that? Have you ever had that moment where somebody dumps a lot of information on you and you, it just overwhelms you. And then later you're trying to just, wow, absorb it, pull it back up. That's what the Holy Spirit was doing. He said, he's going to remind you of everything. It's going to make sense. And when it says that he's going to teach you everything, it's because now all of this stuff Jesus has said, the Holy Spirit is going to make sense of it. That's why when you read your Bible at home alone, because everybody does, right? (laughs) Yeah, I thought so. Okay. I want you to pray over it first. I want you to pray over it and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you what it means for you in that moment. That's why when I pray over the word, that's exactly what I'm doing. I need the Holy Spirit to let every one of you know exactly what you need to hear today. Whether I say it or not, he can say it. He can... Anybody else ever have those tangent moments where... Pastors may be preaching one thing, but then all of a sudden it just spurs something in you and you just start making your own notes over here. Yeah, because the Holy Spirit just spoke to you. He's helping you. So every time you read the word or a devotion or you sit down to watch a service or you're listening to a podcast, pray over it and have the Holy Spirit reveal to you what that message is. You know, as a believer, we, when we accept Jesus, the Spirit comes, we recognize his authority of who he is. He is God. But there's another part of submitting control to the Holy Spirit. Because you see, the Spirit is a gentle voice. And he's never going to force you into anything. When God speaks to you, You have free choice and will to say, No, I kind of want to keep doing it my way. So, what if the life you're chasing is not your best life? Because you've never submitted control to the Holy Spirit. Have you ever had that moment? Because, you know, if you're a believer, I can probably talk to you and, and get that moment when you received Christ. You may not remember a date. You just may remember a vagueness of where I was and who I was with. I don't even, I'm not even sure how old I was. For me, I was alone in a bedroom in in my parents' house. I was in somewhere around the eighth grade. And I had some Sunday school material an aunt had given me that I'd been reading through and I accepted Christ on my own. I can't tell you a day, anything like that, but I can tell you that moment. And in that moment, the Holy Spirit entered me. That's what happens. That's, that's the beginning, initial sanctification. But see, there's another point as in the, in the Church of the Nazarene, we call it sanctification. It's another point of entire sanctification, another moment where I submit control to this Holy Spirit who is with me always that says, have your way. And again, I can tell you the moment, not the day, without finding a journal that maybe I wrote in and maybe I didn't, because I didn't even understand it was sanctification when this happened. Didn't know that word. Had no clue. I just knew that I'd still been doing life, chasing a pretty good life, and something still wasn't right. Something still felt void in me. Everything I was chasing wasn't making me content. And I just said, God, I don't know what's missing, but I want to do it your way. That was in a bedroom alone, in a little one-bedroom apartment in Dardanelle after we were married. Not because life was bad. There was just still an emptiness there. Because I had a little Jesus but I was still doing my life. And years later, I figured out that was my moment of sanctification. And ever since then, he's been rocking my world, changing things like never before. But I don't regret a day of it, not one. I don't, I don't regret the things I gave up, not any of it. I don't regret the changes in our life because, you know, within months after that, and, and he was praying his own prayers, God moved us here. I don't regret that at all. But you have to have that moment. So, church, I'm asking you, today is a decision day. Do you have that moment in your life? It doesn't matter how old you are sitting in here. Maybe you've not had that moment where you've submitted complete control to this Holy Spirit who lives with you every day. Because what if the life you're chasing is not the best life? And see, I started out talking about how this affects the church because when you start changing, the church comes alive. Wow. One of the most humbling things for me every Sunday is looking at the back at Bo James in that sound booth. Because I know it's a ripple effect of those moments Thomas and I submitted everything to God, which led us to ministry. And Bo grew up in that ministry. And I'm watching him now submit his life to the Lord. That's so humbling. Because you don't always get that. Please understand Most of the service we do for the Lord, we may never know how it ripple affects people till we get to heaven and we begin to see. You may not, but watching all of these kids, they'll always be kids. Even Seth is a kid. Seth, my favorite memory of you is with my nephew. I think y'all kicked a hole in camp ceiling one time wrestling. Yeah, Thomas is back here going, huh? Huh? Yep. Because when he asked my nephew, he's like, how in the world did y'all kick a hole in the ceiling? He's like, we was wrestling. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Y'all will always be my kiddos. John White always says, keep calling me a kid. I like that. (laughs) But it started with a moment where I said, God, you can have everything. And that little small voice becomes louder and louder in your life. The more you read this, the more clear that voice becomes. But you got to have this. You got to have this. Stand with me, church. Right where you are, that's your pew. At home, right where you're watching, that's your pew this morning. And if you cannot tell me what that moment was that you submitted to the Holy Spirit who lives in us, who will never leave us, Today's your day. Today's your moment. Dear Heavenly Father, we come, and Lord, I'm just asking for your spirit right now to work in every individual listening to this message, here and at home. God, I'm asking for your spirit later, for someone who's going to pick this message up later and watch it. May he work the same as if it was live right then. God, I'm asking for you to just let your people know you're there. These are not just words from a page that I read. I believe every word. And when you promise me that the Holy Spirit is inside of his believers, I know that is true. And when you promise that he will never leave me, I know that is true. Confirm that in your believers right now. God, I want you to stir the hearts of your people right now. Man, someone is, is antsy right now. They don't like this message. They hate when we talk about complete control. They're worried about what you're going to take. But God, it's never about what you take. It's about what you're given. <laughs> because the life I may be chasing is not the best life you have for me. God, I want you to stir a hunger in your people to want the best life to want a life fully lived for you, that God, when they leave this place, when they leave their homes, they are so fired up they have to tell people about Jesus. God, that's how revival starts. Revival is not just about stirring me up, but God, it's about stirring me up so I do what you want me to do. Because you said if you love me and obey me, obey my commands, I'll give you the Advocate. So, God, as we complete that covenant with you, let us love and obey you. God, stir our hearts to want more for this church, more for this community, more for our families, more for ourselves. We want the best life you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Church, have a wonderful, beautiful, and blessed day, and go be a blessing to someone else. Hey, I hope you received exactly what you needed from that message. If you want to connect with us, you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, or you can always find us in person if you're in the area. If you'd like to support our ministries, you can find us on Tithely. Thank you to those who support our church. I hope you will subscribe and join us on the next one. And remember, you are loved.